Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Melissa Kirk, Andy Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So you don't do a commercial there anymore? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. We do. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I have screwed to do up. all the work. <laughs> well, we just got started late, and I'm working on some billing issues, and I'm just uh. trying to multitask here. I got my coffee, laptop, <laughs> and my cell phone. Well, so I could like be completely distracted. Completely I, forgot we were doing a commercial. I, I have no content whatsoever. You're a disaster. So here's the pro new car buying tip. Uh, hang on for a couple of days and then check out walzer.com. The reason I say that is August went through Labor Day in the manufacturer's eyes, so we're just starting to get September incentives. We are we will be moving heavily into year-end closeout or model year-end closeout uh, between September and October. So if you're looking for some, uh, the best deals will be big discounts on trucks and stuff like that, Suburbans, right. all that sort of stuff. That uh, the, the domestics really pile on the man the the money. So wait a day or two, go to Walzer.com and look for some stunning discounts. If you're not in the new market for a new car, well, too bad. Mm. Tough hop. <laughs> yeah. All right, I like that. Did you get that from Paul? Yeah, actually, yeah. every all the crabby people that work there. Oh, it's Paul, <laughs> Andrew. Shh, Ixnay. <laughs> Ixnay on the Walzer Brothers. On the Brothers. OCA. Yeah, exactly. CEO or whatever the C- it is. OCA, what's yeah. that? Yeah, I Operating never read Operating company attendant? Yeah. Yes, that's what it is, Tom. Thank you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Boom. This guy died way too young. Yeah, yeah heart attack. Mm-hmm. It's like early 50s. <laughs> you think that's what it yeah, was? Yeah, well, he wasn't overweight. You know, was no, he was not overweight. Dude. It was, was genetic, I'm sure. You mean genetically cocaine? Well, it could be cocaine, smoking, who knows. Well, who are we talking about? Robert, Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer, great singer, great very handsome guy had it all but like one of my years old. favorite albums it's called sneak and sally through the alley yeah great it's great album. kind of broke him it was before all this sort of stuff it's yep. the most soulful funky deal in the world it's because wonderful. the backup band half of it was a famous 
instrumental band from New Orleans called The Meters. Yep. And the other guys played in another band called Little Feet. I mean, they'll what? just... What? Never heard hell, of them. Yeah, God, I love George and Bill Payne and... Red Streamliner, man. Yep. I love that song. It was a smoking-induced heart attack. Oh, he was wow. yeah, I think he was. I think he was a heavy smoker, if memory serves me correctly. Yep. And I don't, I I'm think surprised. he was from Trinidad. Now all this, it might have so been I can right. tell I'm on my 15th cup of coffee. Yeah, you Andy, where are. was he from? <laughs> where was Robert Palmer <laughs> from? Damn it! Here. Worthless rock trivia. <laughs> no, worthless. He was born in Yorkshire, and he died England? in Paris. Huh? Really? Uh, but he grew up. He was a Navy kid, so he moved all over the place. I mean, okay. The, the British Navy? Yes. Really. So he was in Trinidad, probably. Let's see. That'd be my guess. Well, we don't need to lock that I'm in surprised John it. Mellencamp hasn't had... About eight heart attacks? Yeah. Yeah, or any issue. Well, maybe Some he does. Some people are just like, they can smoke all they want and nothing bad will ever happen. I think he said he was up to like six packs a day or something oh, like that. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, yeah, how can you smoke 120 <laughs> cigarettes a day. Oh, We're good to it makes go. Makes my lungs hurt just thinking about oh, it. Oh, my. Okay, so I'm going to run this by you guys, mm-hmm. everybody in the show today, because I need somebody to explain this to me. Um, because it's, there's been a second vaping death now. Mm-hmm. Another person died of vaping. So there were a lot of stories about it on the news this morning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you explain to me when you and it, because I can't inhale smoke or vape, I can't inhale any of that stuff. I cough like a madman. You used man to if smoke cigarettes, didn't you? Until I was 21, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a long, long time ago. But, um, oh, I'll tell my cigarette story I told on the air, too. Uh, my friend, it's hilarious. It's such a north side teenage boy thing. But in any case, um, so when you vape, you put it up to your mouth and you inhale it. Yeah. How does it come out for about a half hour? <laughs> it just won't stop coming out. It's you like, know, good I, It's God. funny you mention that because when I was a youngster in the early 70s and just fooling around with cigarettes, I wanted to be Johnny Carson. Because remember when oh, yeah, Johnny yeah. would interview people, he'd yeah. take a big drag and it would come out of his yeah. nose and his mouth for yeah. about... Till the commercial break. I remember. I thought that was cool. I remember. <laughs> Thanks, John. But why is what the volume of this vape? What the hell is that? I don't know. Well, vapor when liquid uh, turns into vapor, it expands like 40, 50 times its volume. Well, that explains so. that because it just doesn't stop. It's yep. like my mother being on the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my mother. Yeah, so anyway, like. And it would come out for like a half an hour. Out. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I was I talking to Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like it's funny. Like when you're driving and you're at a stoplight and you can tell somebody's vaping in front of you, like this huge yeah. cloud of smoke yes. will come out of the yes. window, and it's like holy mm-hmm. heck. <laughs> By the way, I love our listeners to this show and the KQ Morning Show because we were talking about the fact that very quickly Jim Ursay bought the uh, Colts back in 1972. Uh, Baltimore Colts back then bought the Colts in 1972 for 15 million dollars. Okay, that's a lot of money in in '72. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not chump change. But he was just offered a sum uh, for the team, and he turned it down. Did you see that story? Was it three five? Three point two billion dollars, and he said no. Jesus! Wow! Like, oh my God! So I'm telling that story on the air about him turning down three point two billion dollars, and following my mother's lead because he used to say this all the time. Some smart-ass listener sent it in and said, where are we going to get Indianapolis Colts money? 
Because <laughs> every time we wanted to go, hey, can we go to the movie? Where are we going to get movie money? You know, mm. it's so funny because I just, I thought of that this morning. I hadn't even listened to the KQ Morning Show yet. And I was like, uh, oh, we're getting low on Q-tips. And then I'm like, Toots would say, where are we going to get Q-tip money? Where are going to get Q-tip money? <laughs> I thought that's weird that, that you said oh, that God. this morning. Oh, I didn't even say it. It was a listener that sent it in, which was hilarious. I love our listeners. So my, my very quick cigarette story about North Minneapolis, because I smoked till I was 21. So my whole team, from 11 to 21, I smoked cigarettes. So we're walking down the street one day, and I'm with a buddy, and, and a, well, a boy and a girl, because mm-hmm. we're all 16 years old, something like that. So there are two boys and one girl, and we're walking down the street. And for some reason, I didn't have any cigarettes with me, even though I did smoke. But my friend ran out of cigarettes. Right? Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, Tom, you got a cigarette? And I said, nah, man, I didn't bring with any with me. I'm sorry about that. He goes, ah, oh, damn, I'm out, and I'd really like a cigarette. And the girl who was with us said, well, here, I'll just give you one of mine. Like, no way. And I'm like, what? He goes, I'm not smoking a Virginia Slim. That's I like, knew it was going to be Virginia Absolutely. Slim. Virginia Slim? Absolutely, baby. Capri's? What was the other one? Yeah, yeah Capri. Capri. Virginia Slims, Capri's. Capri's. There was another one, you're right. Yeah, and I can't think of the name of it. But yeah, not, those are like twigs. I know, because women's, yeah. women's mouths are so much smaller than men's. Oh, uh, Catherine's. Those things are long, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, oh, God, she's mad at me because she claims I gave her a cold. I never had a cold. No, she said you gave her her your allergies. Yeah, whatever that <laughs> means. You didn't really say that. That's what the text said, oh, wow. L.A. Nick. God. <laughs> I didn't know they were contagious. Well, yeah. who knows? They they're might not. be not. Allergies are transmissible. No, they're not. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, yeah, he, he, he's, ain't no way I'm smoking a chick cigarette. It's like, it's a cigarette. What's the difference? Well, it's like you don't see a lot of women smoking cigars because it's... You know, back in the 90s, there was about two or three years that that was the cool thing to do. Remember that? Chicks would go into bars and they'd be all dressed up and they'd smoke cigars. It was before they made oh, smoking yeah, indoors right. legal. It was just that's right. You look stupid. <laughs> God, remember the trouble KQ got in that one April first. What did they do back in the day when smoking got banned? What in about nineteen ninety something? Yeah, some twenty five years ago. I yeah, twenty five. That's it, so basically at ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in there, they banned smoking in bars. And the very next April 1st, we said, a new law has been passed. You can smoke in bars again. And everyone did. Oh, my God. I thought they could great. figure out it was an April Fool joke. But people go, would oh you stop Lord. telling people? <laughs> God, did they get mad at me. Dave has a joke. great vape story. One night he had to do the radio show, and he had a horrible migraine. And I use uh, medicinal marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I have Capsules? a vape. Oh, you vape. Okay. Yeah, I have the vape for pain and stuff because it's like immediate relief. Oh, okay. So I said, well, why don't you just try a little bit and see if it helps relieve your migraine? Because we've been in the process of trying to get him possibly on it to see if it helps with some of his ailments. And um, I give it to him, and he's like, what do I do? I say, you just suck on it or whatever, and then exhale. I go to the bathroom. I come out. There's this huge cloud just hanging above oh, him. Yeah. And I'm like, how much did you inhale? Like oh, he's like, no. I, well, when you vape, you can't, re- you know, like when you would smoke a joint right, or something, you right. can feel it like what in your lungs. What are you looking lungs. at me for? <laughs> I don't know. What are you looking at me. You remember when you used to do heroin, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you can feel it in your lungs. You're like, okay, I have enough. And but then, um, when you but vape, when you, you vape, don't really, you don't really feel that. Mm-hmm. That smoke in your lungs because it's so vapor, he so it's. He didn't realize how much he inhaled, 
And not even like five minutes later, he said the whole room started to tip. And then he got into bed. And the whole night he thought he was dying. Oh, he yeah. was doing a radio show. Yeah. He does no, a radio show at... while he's laying in bed? No, this is after the radio <laughs> How show. How lazy is this guy? He does yeah. it next to his bed, though. He but does. He, does it next to his bed. <laughs> he was <laughs> he's like, I'm not breathing. I'm not breathing. I said, honey, you're breathing. So the whole night, and he started saying the Lord's Prayer. And mm. <laughs> he thought he was dying. It was so funny. But I felt bad. <laughs> okay, speaking of darkness, Dave, I just got a text message from Uh-oh. your husband that says... Cassie was just all dolled up smoking cigars two weeks ago. I was. Yeah. As <laughs> so as you were as all dolled up. <laughs> well, Doug thinks you look stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Yeah, Hot or think? not? <laughs> I love a good love cigar it. and some alcohol. Not you. Oh, hard to believe. I can't I believe it. you get headaches. Huh? I just love the fact that all these women who are like four foot nine <laughs> smoke cigars and tough as hell and coach football. Yeah. And, I love that, man. It all works out in the end. That's you all I dip know. dip it in the brandy. No, I don't do that. So dip he your was cigar? Okay some oh, yeah. Some people do, yeah. Dip their cigar in brandy. In brandy. Yep. How do you... We're interns. Huh. What's that? Or interns. An intern? or no, an it's a Bill Clinton joke. If I have to explain <laughs> yeah, it, I figured, it's not funny. I got it. Oh, that's right. I definitely dip it in alcohol. <laughs> nothing <I> else. <laughs> hey, can you fit this up there? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. Uh, unbe- oh God! Did you a see that naughty, naughty man? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was a naughty, naughty man, or still is probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Although you know, the one defense, and it's just because I'm a guy talking about a guy. I suppose. Can you imagine handling Hillary on a daily basis? Oh. Just by handling, I don't mean handling her. I mean just handling her BS. Although he's got more BS than she does. <laughs> I think they're the perfect pair. Yeah, quite they're honestly. made for each other. Well, I'm a Donald Trump too. He's got now. He's got. Oh, the jobs report, by the way, today was wonderful, 190,000 oh, jobs. That's good. And the market's up like 450 points last I saw. I, I would like to know, the day he gets out of office, how many days, we should get a pool going, how many days after he's out of office that Melania will file for a divorce? Oh, you know what? They always do with him. I know. He's been married like four it's times. It's kind of hard to tell with her because she has that stone face. She does. She does. I mean, she's a strikingly beautiful woman, she but is, she just yeah. doesn't look happy. But some people can be happy they just never look that way you know what i mean well is she russian uh ivana was ukrainian or slovakian or something yeah something like that somewhere in european the crappy east part of europe yeah well in eastern (laughs) european culture (laughs) you're basically the only reason you smile is if you have like a really good reason to smile okay because otherwise if you just go around smiling they think you look like you're you're an idiot lady of the united states and you're worth probably billions of dollars it's not enough reason to smile if i was related to melissa became the president i would not be smiling so <laughs> probably not because you'd have you to go out much. in public and you'd have to go talk to people that would be rough yeah for him it'd be very very difficult and may, who knows maybe she's the same maybe she's it maybe yeah, it might be i yeah, mean maybe. introverted yeah maybe it could be i know literally nothing about her i think she probably would have a tough time figuring out uh, how to dial the telephone too <laughs> He doesn't seem like the brightest bulb. Yeah, you never know. I will guarantee you one thing. If you think that, that divorce is pending and he gets wind of it, I guarantee you at the end of his presidency he'll say, I hate to announce this, but I'm, I'm being forced to deport Melania. I guarantee you he'll do that. He'll just deport her ass before she can leave him. Yeah, I think she's a U.S. citizen. I'm pretty sure. I don't, yeah. I don't think it works that way. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't put it past him for trying. Oh, the president. Hey, listen, 
if you can move Alabama on the U.S. map, you can do whatever you want. Oh, God. Did you see that? I did. He tried to move it in so it looked like they, that the hurricane was going to hit Alabama after he made a mistake, thought Georgia was Alabama. I saw a meme of it was oh, a God. dartboard, and it says President Trump playing darts, and around the circle it had all these extra circles. <laughs> Where his darts hit the wall, I thought, that's cold. It's funny, though. It is funny. And, you know, I'm not a fan, but I, I'd forgive anybody that's under that media scrutiny 24-7. Oh, like for real? Oh, yeah. You've got to make mistakes and say dumb stuff. But just get over it. Did you hear me tell my story this morning about that, you know, being a public figure and all that? That a lot of people right now, and I don't know why, but people, when they meet friends, when they go, is he an asshole? I was talking about this yesterday on the show. See, I get a, I get a different question, but it's the same one. What is it? What's he really like? Yeah, it's the same question. Is yeah. he as big a prick as he's like? You know, he's really effeminate. He wears women's dresses <laughs> yeah, he a lot. All the time. Lacy women's yeah, dresses. Yeah, lacy women's dresses. They do, absolutely. Just eats cat food and, cat food? and snorts yeah, coke. Pretty much that's him. So he's really different than when he's off the air. So I get uh, a message from a friend. And he said, Remember this one? And I went, Oh, God, I forgot about this. But a guy came up to him and said, I heard you grew up with Tom Bernard. And he goes, Yeah, I did. And he goes, God, he seems like kind of an asshole. He goes, why? What do you mean? Why do you think that? He goes, well, he's so forward. That's such a Minnesota yeah, thing to say, isn't it? I mean, that's such a Minnesota thing to say. Well, he's he can be rude, you know. It's like, okay, calm down. Everything will be good. I love that stuff, though. Did you see, by the way, that uh, some judge, some, some puke hole, decided mm. that by the FBI carrying a list of, uh, of possible terrorists... I'm guessing it's racist. It's against the Constitution. Mm. They're taking away the <sighs> constitutional rights of terrorists. <laughs> oh, no. Where's this going to end, Doug? I don't know. I don't either. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's, got, it's gotten to the point, though, it's funny. Because they're so insane with all of it now. It's just, it's funny. It's not even maddening anymore. Don't you think? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking back in 25 years, the only time that I remember feeling that the country was, for the most part, united on the same page. It was mm-hmm. in the, you know, six months after 9-11. Yeah, that's right. And I, I hate right. to think that it takes something horrible like that to does, make people stop, you know, being so pissy. But That is the one thing I don't understand. Look, he's not my kind of guy anyway. He can be funny. He, he does make good points. Bill Maher, after 9-11, actually said the real heroes here were the pilots, the terrorist pilots. He thought that was very brave and heroic of them. Well, he's like... Like, Bill, what are you doing, man? He got fired for that. Uh, he was on... Yeah. Where was he on? He's that. on HBO now? Is that what he's on now? That's what he's been on, I'm assuming. Because he, he was on a... No, he was on a... He was on ABC. I think he was on ABC, as a matter of fact. And, and they fired him for saying that, and then HBO picked him up. And I don't know. Like I said, I, I just don't think you're doing people a lot of good by running over, you mean? Yeah. Thank you. We'll I was right just giving back. you a little cue. Here, it's a little bit of you, you back in your own face, Tom. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. 
It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I don't ever remember being that There big. it is. Yeah. Put on your sailing shoes by Lowell George as sung by Robert Palmer. No thanks, I'll eat it here. Remember, that was the name of his last yep. album. Or thanks, I'll eat it here. I think it was Fat Man in the Bathtub. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Red Streamliner was a hell of an album. Or there was a song on an album. It was something, mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah, I think that's a song. Doug, it's going to be kind of disappointing because you're not going to be the only pinhead on the show today. Pretty much everybody in the show is a pinhead, if you know what I'm saying. I guess he doesn't know what you're saying. Douglas MacArthur. Not me, the guest. Hello. Doug Bradley, how are you? Oh, uh, hi, I'm good. You're kind of faint. Yeah, that's the first time anyone has said that I'm kind of faint. So it's actually kind of of an honor. Doug Bradley, ladies and gentlemen, Pinhead, of course, famous for playing Pinhead in Hellraiser. Mr. Bradley was born on September 7th. 1950. Hey, happy birthday on Saturday. Your birthday coming oh, up. Oh, well, this. thank you. Absolutely. In Liverpool, England, since his school days, Bradley has been close friends with Clive Barker. My God, Clive Barker. I remember when he first blew up, he came out of nowhere and just kind of took over the industry, didn't he? Very impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it was slightly different for me because he didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He, uh, uh, by that by that time, he came out of, uh, you know, uh, 20 years of association with him from my point of view. But, yeah, he, uh, um, in the uh, in the final days of the theater company, the dog company that we, dog company, that yep. we had founded together in, in London, he, um, he had started giving me some uh, handwritten manuscripts uh, of uh, short stories and asked me to read them and tell him what I thought, and I, I remember him saying I'm just trying to write a few short horror stories to see if I can make a bit of money. Um, and I think, what, two two years later? It, two or three years later? Those stories were published in the Books of Blood, and, you know, mm-hmm. and that was that was where he took off, really, was with the Books of Blood first. Yep. And then Hellraiser followed. 
well, we shot at 86, released in 87, so it was pretty rapid, yeah. You know, I will tell you, Doug, one of the great things that, I, that I'd like to point out is making the movies out of his books was done really, really well. One of the problems I do have right now uh, with a lot of, uh, I guess, sci-fi or horror or whatever, they're not very true to the book, and that, that does bother me in that uh, people like Clive Barker, and you, know, you go down the list of people, they're such good writers. Why would you want to change anything they said? Uh, but uh, well, yeah. well, you know the oldest adage in Hollywood is the script is perfect. Who can we get to rewrite it? <laughs> <laughs> um, there you uh, go. Um, what, I mean, one thing in regard to that, which I think is, is kind of certainly unusual now, is that Clive wrote The Hellbound Heart, then he adapted it uh, and wrote the screenplay uh, for Hellraiser, and then New World allowed him to direct it. And he had, he had directed a couple of you know, pieces of juvenilia on, you know, uh, eight millimeter and and uh, and sixteen mil. That was all he he had done. It was a huge gamble for New World to let this guy have the helm for his own movie. But I, you know, that made the difference. That he was he was in control from the Hellbound Heart to the screenplay to actually directing the movie. I think it's just fantastic. I do I do really hope. That people uh, and by the way, the Hellraiser series are great movies. They were I really enjoyed those movies, um, but there are some out there. I think still, even as good as the Hellraiser movies were, you should still go back and read the book because uh, just the word usage and construction of sentences and you know sentence structure and all that, all that stuff. It's do people not read as much as they used to? And I, I hope that's not true, but that's what I hear, that the people just don't read anywhere near as much as they used to. Uh, I, I, think, I think, you know, people, people are reading a huge amount these days. They don't read books. I yeah, mean, yeah. You, th- you, think of the, you think of the quantity of stuff that we read on our phones and our, yeah, you know, yeah. our computers and, and tablets these days. It's actually a lot of stuff that... Um, I, I don't know that, uh, that people really read books. I don't know the kids really read books out of sight, out of what they're, you know, forced to, kicking and screaming at school. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, Doug. They drag them kicking and screaming into the library. That's probably true. <laughs> Pretty much. But... I mean, I, you know, it's, will this be, a, will this be a, a generation of American kids who, who won't know uh, Mark Twain? Oh, God, isn't that so sad? Mark Twain's having trouble right now because his books are being pulled out of school libraries everywhere. They are? Oh, because of uh, of race stuff? Because of Mm -hmm. race stuff, because he uses the big N. He uses the big N in his books. So did F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know, F. Scott Fitzgerald Uh, did. So does uh, does Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft does too, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, which is, and it's just the name of his cat. We actually had a huge debate about it when I was recording for, for the Spine Chillers, Doug Bradley's Spine Chillers audiobook series. It's a story called The Rats in the Walls, um, and uh, uh, Lovecraft names the black cat in the story the same name that his own cat had, and the cat was called N-Word. 
Yeah. And, uh, so how many cocktails uh, do you the, need before you the, decide to name your cat that? For real. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't well, a I 7 think, in the morning I thing. Think, this is like a 2 a.m. I think it helps if you're somewhat racist in the first place. Which <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Doug, you're uh, oh, yeah, I, some I of his poetry? He, yeah. Yeah. I think... I think he would do that stone cold sober. Um, uh, but, um, we, you know, we had a huge debate about it because uh, it seems to be okay to put that in print now, but it's not okay to say it. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we, in the end, we changed it. I just, uh, I just read it as, you know, my cat, my black cat, my favorite black cat. Good um, move. And, and never named it. Uh, it just felt, reading it as an audio book, it felt that that would draw attention to itself in ways that was kind of unwelcome for the story as a whole, yeah. because the cat doesn't play a part in the story, really. It's just, you know, it's just there, and it gets name-checked three or four times in the story. So we decided to to change it, and I was uneasy about it, but I think we, we made the right decision. But it is odd that it seems okay to print it um uh, but not to say it and that is if if that decision really is being made about uh mark twain i yeah. mean that's uh that's all that's cultural vandalism as far as i'm concerned that you really right. shouldn't be happening doug you're 100 percent right that's very well put it is cultural vandalism just presented i mean it's you know the story is of its time and it's it's in a geographic geographical time and it's in uh, no Sorry, that doesn't make any sense. You can't be in a geographical time. Yeah, it it's, in, um, it's in a specific time and in a specific place. Yes. Um, when everybody had a different attitude to saying that word, you know. But um, the character um, himself is three-dimensional, which was unusual in American writing yes. at those times. It was very yes. unusual. Yeah. So in a way, you look at it as, you know, it was pretty progressive of Twain to use a, you know, a, a, a black character as sort of a, not really a lead, but a supporting character. Sure, and to suggest that Twain in any way, shape, or form would have been racist is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous, absolutely. It is 100%. When, so, so when Clyde Barker came to you and said, he, okay, Doug, you have, to, you have to be pinhead, is that how the, the whole thing came about? I don't remember clearly now. I remember having a conversation with him about a year before we started shooting the movie, um, and he said, <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was just in the middle of a conversation about something entirely else. Oh, by the way, I'm trying to put a low-budget independent British horror movie together. Uh. I think there's a part in there for you. Uh, you know, and I said something like, oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, great. All right. Uh, anyway, so, sorry, what were you saying? I mean, <laughs> I think, it, you know, the conversation moved on. Yeah. Um, uh I think by degrees during the next year it became apparent that that, that was the party intended for me, which had no name, of course, completely anonymous character in the first film. So all I knew was that I was playing this, you know, this weird guy with nails in his head and I was gonna be covered in latex and I would be uh um on screen for I I'd be, you know, not much over five minutes I don't think. Um and I was going to be paid, I was getting paid uh, union minimum rates for the privilege. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't 
it wasn't necessarily a big deal as far as I was concerned, you know. Well, Doug, I will tell you this. the fact that I was thrilled that that Clive was making the movie and I was going to be part of it, you know. I think it's terrific, and I do think, to tell you the truth, that you're very good at your crabby, scary face. You're very good at that. Well, thank you very much. I I, I think I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) I meant it. Yes, I meant it as a high compliment. It's a great character. And, I mean, it's, first of all, how do you, are you lying in bed one night if you're Clive Barker and go, I know what I'll do. I'll have a character that has pins sticking out of his head and his face. And I, I, how do you even think of things like that? Uh, well, because you're Clive Barker. Yeah. I think you, you actually, <laughs> and you're actually, you're actually probably pretty much right. I think, in fact, he, he I think I'm right in saying that he dreamt the character. Yeah, so, that's what happens apparently. Yeah, wow. pretty yeah. much. Isn't that a great, you dreamt about a pinhead, and I'll say, hey, I know who's a good pinhead, Doug Bradley, that's who. We'll get Doug to play the pinhead. (laughs) And I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, That's wonderful. I I did not know that the character is, what is it, a Cenobite? Is that how you say it? Yes, Cenobite. A Cenobite is a a pinhead. (laughs) I guess so. Well, pinhead is a Cenobite. Well. Well, whatever. It well, gave yeah. me the creeps when it I was did a kid. Give you the creeps. Yeah, Doug, Doug <laughs> Cass, you gave Cassie the creeps. I want you to know that, Doug. <laughs> Good. That was the plan. Job well done. A job well done. I, I mean, hear... I mean, not 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 you personally necessarily, but in, generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to hear about Crypticon, Minneapolis. You're going to be in town. That's wonderful. Yes, I'm getting on a plane this afternoon. Or this evening. No, yeah. have, you, have you ever been to Minneapolis, St. Paul before? I have. Uh, in fact, I did this show uh, several years ago. Oh, you did? Okay. And then, um, then a, uh, last year, I think, um, my wife and I flew to Minneapolis uh, to see our favorite band, uh, Ghost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great band. Yeah. That is a great band, yeah. as a matter of fact. So, Cassie, you're going to be there? Maybe, if I can, get away from the kids. But Dave plan- Dave plans on being there. He's got a, a panel yeah. he's going to do yeah, and right. stuff like that. It's, it's fun because it's all these horror movie, you know, coming together right, and, and stuff right. like that. And it's, it's just a cool thing to go I, see. I want this, Doug, I want your take on this. Uh, why do you think it is that some people just – I from, from day one – well, honestly – it all started with me, and uh, I was a I was a young boy. I was probably ten or eleven, and was not supposed to be going to this movie. But the movie Psycho locked me into what would be uh, horror movies, and I still to this day, all these years later, I love horror movies. Some people just can't stand them. Like uh, my wife and our son Andy, who's on the show here, and then my daughter and I love them. My wife and my son hate them. It's really kind of interesting. Uh, ah. Have they ever identified what it is that triggers people to either like or dislike these movies? No. Okay. <laughs> no. no, I mean, the reason I'm asking that is because that would be really valuable information if you could figure that out. Don't you sure. think? Um, uh, absolutely right. I, 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 I have no idea. Um, I, 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 all I know is, you know, like you, I, from uh, coming across uh, horror movies, actually from from reading stuff when I was a kid, I was yeah. I was I was a fan of all of this straight away um, from a young age, and I know some people just can't watch it. Does that mean that it's because they're running away from you know unconscious secrets that they can't come to terms with or something? I, I have no idea. You know, I'm I'm an actor, not a 
not a psychoanalyst. Uh, you know, I mean, I I can't stand romantic comedies. Yeah, I understand but that. I, I, I gather they're kind of popular. <laughs> I gather they are. No, uh, I, I love... I, I love westerns. I've always been a fan of westerns, um, but, but I know a lot of people who, who, you know, laugh at me. I'm a fan of John Wayne, and I, people find that hilarious, you know. No, I do great stuff. So, I think, do you think it's a possibility, Doug, that, that people like you and me, we need to identify the horrors in life? That You know, you know there are plenty of scary things out there, and it's better if you and I know what they look like. Do you think that's part of it? To some extent, but you know, I, I I think the the horrors in horror films and in 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 horror fiction and in fantasy mm-hmm. in general, they're very different from the horrors in real life. Yes. You know, um, uh, be, because they're they're driven by an imagination and they can be explored and resolved in imagination. You know the. The horrors in real life, which we're all being all too well aware of in this country at the moment, between hurricanes and and, and mass shootings, you know, those are yes. those are absolute. And once once they're done, they can't be undone, and you can't negotiate with them. You can't, you know, you can't revisit them in imagination and play with them in your head in the way that you can with with horrors in movies and fiction. No. So I, I think they're different things. I understand exactly. Doug Bradley, ladies and gentlemen, played Pinhead, of course, in Hellraiser films. Uh, it'll be at Crypticon, CrypticonMinneapolis.com. Doug, what a great pleasure and an honor to have you on. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's good to be with you. Look forward to meeting everyone over the weekend. Looking forward to it, sir. Thank you. We'll be back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Excuse me. What is this, the Bill Cosby show? No, this is Robert Palmer's. Oh, it's Robert Palmer. Doug's favorite album. God, he's a great singer. 
60 years old, smoked himself to death. He sounds a little Elton John here. Cody goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he? That is Elton John. That is very Elton John-like. We are going to take a break coming up. We'll return with uh, our number two car-selling secrets special guest, Melissa Kirk. (laughs) <laughs> I got a uh, text from a listener uh, answered the question whether Cassie was hot or not smoking cigars. It was hot. I did her. Woo. <laughs> That's from your husband. That's, from your, that's real nice. What Woo. a classy guy. I don't know if I was supposed to read that on the air, uh, but hey, he sent it to me. I can't take him anywhere. <laughs> I love this. Joe from Louisville. The Hellraiser series is badass, and Pinhead is my favorite Cenobite. He gave me the creeps when I was a kid. I was like, whoa, that guy. is like Freddy Krueger did nothing for me. Yeah, Decent I agree. Nothing. It, was too, it was way but over Pinhead, the top. He was more funny than he was scary in a lot of ways. Yeah, like Pinhead, he would just stand there with all these pins sticking out of his face and just stare at you. It's like, oh, you're creepy. Indeed. We will be back with Car Selling Secrets just about, oh, I don't know, part two, about seven, eight minutes, something like that, with the family. 